0: We are doing it. Um, So, goodness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had a difficult way to start the podcast. We just watched a woman make out with a giraffe.
0: I don't—I feel—
1: <laughs> she, was, she was feeding it food, but put the food in her mouth. And
0: then the giraffe wrapped its tongue, like, around her face. <laughs> Why would you do that? And then what was really weird is she was on a school bus full of children, and they were all going— like, the sound that you make when, like, two people that like each other confirm that they like each other? Like, they hold hands or they kiss or something? Uh, to me,
1: it sounded like someone's spring break video, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, a, to be fair, it's a mix. of it, They could have been on spring break, and they also could have been like, Ooh, you guys are hooking up on spring break!
1: right. I think the giraffe was probably on break. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, the woman was teaching. She she was actually watching someone's children when she decided to uh, come on and the to- the giraffe it.
1: was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so gross. Well, that irked my soul. No, which, stop it. No, that is a real phrase. It's not a phrase. It is a phrase.
1: No, no it's not. Excuse you, me,
0: who- who is the person that facilitates this language beat? It is I. It's true. So I, of all people would know, that irked my soul is a real thing. And that's how I felt after I watched that giraffe – Make out with a woman with a no, human it's not, woman. It's, it's you a human. This up,
1: it's not a real. I saying. looked it
0: up, and according to Urban Dictionary, it says what nigs say. <laughs> <is a> <laughs> You're off to, you
1: to a great start. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> some racist thinks that this is that this is a phrase like nigs is not <laughs> that's not, um, a positive way not to refer a great to look. people. No, but when they are annoyed, especially in Philadelphia. <laughs>
1: It has all the makings of a real thing.
0: Clearly, <laughs> clearly, it is real. I'm
1: Francesca. I'm Patrick.
0: And this is Last Name Basis from Brick Radio.
1: Three <laughs> four corners in a try and Why we keep it one hundred tie
0: optional? With a kiss from my to acting on the screen. You know who it is, man. it's well, Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist, and you're tuning to them live. This is Last, Last Name basis. basis. You ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. <so> ready. <laughs> Some really exciting things have been happening. Um, Patrick spent all of yesterday building an arm wall.
1: I did. Oh my God. These I'm, things are the most complicated. I've never put together a piece of IKEA furniture like this. Do
0: you think that it was because it was IKEA or because it's an armoire?
1: <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's because it's IKEA and they ship it to you in every single part. Like they take things apart that I don't think need to be taken apart, mm. so that they can ship it to you and make it more complicated.
0: I just like saying armoire. I know. I, can
1: tell. It I can tell. You look like the giraffe that made out with that <laughs> woman when you say it like that I'm
0: too. Like, <laughs> 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 My tongue. Is like all over my own face. Um, I just wanted to also share in the uh, we don't, this corner doesn't really have like a um an intro for we seen some shit.
1: I seen they seen
0: some shit. What I have seen. This is really about me, not Patrick. <laughs> Nashville, which is a terrible show that I was so heartbroken got canceled last year has returned and it's been picked up by the country music um, channel.
1: And good, that seems like a good fit. A
0: totally good fit. I also am, you know, will be the first one to admit that somehow the show has gotten worse. <laughs> and I think <clears> throat> I, throat> I still love it.
1: I tried to warn you.
0: I love it. I tried to
1: warn you back when it was just regular bad.
0: God, it is so
1: bad. Did you say? Did you say someone someone lost feeling in their legs?
0: There was a plane crash, and the girl was the only one that survived. <laughs> oh. There's been like this is I think the third car crash of the entire series has happened. Um, and the car crash happened after she was held hostage at knife point by her stalker, and then she <laughs> managed to not die, and then she got in a car, leaving the scene, and was hit by a car. Oh, my God. So, I mean, it's just really dramatic. This is
1: like, this is like now people refer to it as like watching their stories, right? It is the <laughs> stories. It is my stories.
0: It is so bad that it's good. Didn't you
1: say somebody got peed on by a child, and the, the, the girl what? who- she lost the, the feeling oh, in her legs yeah, so and she rea- <laughs> and she was being peed on while holding a baby. She
0: was like holding her child. And then she was like, she peed on me. And, the, and her husband's like, oh, sorry. And then she's like, no, I can feel the pee <laughs> on my leg. I have regained feeling in my leg. It was so. It's <laughs> that's not,
1: that's not even good writing. Like, not even good in theory. It's let so alone bad. Practice. And
0: listen, here's the thing. I won't spoil it for you all because maybe some of you also watch this trash.
1: I think we've already spoiled a good, a good portion no, of it. No, 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 we
0: haven't. We haven't. There's, oh, there's a there's big, a lot
1: more trash. No, there's it's a, a giant trash heap. So there's I, plenty to dig and through. And I am
0: just rolling around <laughs> in it like my name is Filthy McNasty. I'm like, yo, I want to eat some nasty ends of pizza and all that stuff, I just covered in the trash. Um, no, there's like a really uh, dramatic. Somebody dies, right? Mm. And I already knew who it was because it got spoiled for me. I binged like when the um when we were stuck indoors because of the blizzard or whatever. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, baby. I was sitting there crying. I was bawling. <laughs> And I was watching it with Phil. I don't know what it is, but Phil is really into
1: Nashville. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't have good taste either. But that's that's been established. We know he has bad taste.
0: <laughs> he was way into it, and I was sitting there hugging him and just crying. I saw of... that video. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a video a... of
1: it on Instagram.
0: Yeah, I took a little. Snap and it's of you,
1: it. and it's you too. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Phil is watching Nashville on the couch with Fran, and I was like wait a minute, Phil is on the couch <laughs> with Fran. And that was unexcited. I couldn't believe that. Oh I couldn't believe God. that you posted that too. No, listen,
0: Patrick totally busted me. He like sits, he, I'm on the couch and he sits down next to me and he's like, so I um, I saw a video <laughs> of you and Phil watching Nashville. And I'm like, I know, wasn't it so cute? And Patrick's like, on the couch! And I was like, no!
1: <laughs>
0: I like forgot that the video took place on the couch.
1: This is, this is why the training isn't working.
0: No, I, I only let him... I don't, he's so cute. And I, and he was on the blanket. So he actually wasn't on the couch. He was on the blanket. And he saw that I was watching Nashville. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want so and so to die. And then he like leapt up there and he, he wanted to know what was happening. He was like, oh, shit. I thought this, that's got canceled. And I was like, no, dog. They brought it back. (laughs) But man, I had to take a break from Nashville because it really, it
1: just got too, it irked your soul too much.
0: Irked is when it ups is oh, like a right, is right. negative. You right. know what I mean. This was not an irk. This, was, this was more of like a. This was more like a gut wrench, uh-huh. like a gut punch. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like who? Like ugh! It just it, it was heartbreaking. It's dev- devastating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never seen so many car accidents in uh-huh. one series.
0: Listen, I feel. I feel some kind of way, and that way is sad.
1: Oh, so we had a we had an interesting experience the other day in uh, Brooklyn. We'll call this a goings on about Brooklyn.
0: Woohoo! play that theme song. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn?
1: Okay, so we we're on the train the other day. <laughs> we we're on the train the other day. This white guy's asking for money and food and things like that. There's an Asian guy gives him something, right? Gives him a piece of food or something. The guy takes it and he goes, "Oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. One of those Asian things." <laughs> <laughs> the, it was so awkward. The Asian guy's like, uh no, actually it's it's American. It's American. No, it's It's, it's okay. a vegan. It's He's okay. like it's a vegan cookie. It was it was a muffin. It was like a zucchini muffin or something like that. The guy the guy asking for food and money um totally profiled this guy. He
0: profiled his muffin, which he sounds really his dirty. <laughs>
1: It was uh, a but he was a really good sport though, I have to say. He he thought it was he thought it was kind of hilarious. Yeah,
0: no, we got off the train and we all we we were like, Patrick and I were laughing about it and he was kind of like shaking his head like, Did that just happen? <laughs> and <laughs> then he looked at us and <laughs> he was like, just, Did he just That dude just profile me? Profile my like my food? <laughs> we're like, yeah, he totally did. And it was so funny too because the guy was really trying to be appreciative, but it really just came off. He just totally fumbled it.
1: It was so <laughs> Funny. He was like he was like, Thanks, man. An Asian guy gave me something. It something must Asian, be Asian, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> he was giving it was like a it was like a, an apple pie with He's like, like <laughs> American cheese and a flag stuck in it. He's, <laughs> He's like, Dude, Yeah, from- yeah, one of those Asian things. I appreciate it, Asian guy.
0: He's like, I'm from Idaho. Like, what the <laughs> fuck?
1: <laughs> I know too. Oh man.
0: Um, I would like to just uh put out a retraction for the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm really embarrassed because, you know, we we try to run a tight ship around here. Uh, We cover, we're not a news podcast, but we try to talk about stuff that's happening in the world, things that are happening in our lives, and sometimes we get it wrong. And so I would just like to let everybody know that we are taking responsibility for the fact that our current super is also not shit. (laughs) Previously on the podcast, we said that the new super... Was a you know a nice guy. He is, and he is still in very great shape.
1: <laughs> he hasn't lost that a single is, that muscle. He's not
0: changed, but he ain't shit. And, <clears throat> and I feel terrible for leading you to believe that he was, you know, a positive person in our lives. And he's <laughs> I'm not.
1: Glad, I'm glad you've come to this realization. Because really, I knew he wasn't shit before.
0: That was only because he had a hot body. <laughs> <laughs>
1: As soon as and you Jim told me like, he was good looking, on, I knew he wasn't shit.
0: <laughs> so this is the reason that he's not shit. Is that our super likes to play his music so loud that our entire First of all, like people are going to play loud music. You live in an apartment building. It's like part of the living experience of New York, of being in an apartment. Mm-hmm. But the super Is not supposed to be the one that is playing the music that loud. No,
1: he's not supposed to be the guy that wakes you up at three in the morning, and then you have to go downstairs, knock on his door, and say, "Please stop." He's not supposed to be that guy.
0: Wait a second, what happened when he opened the door when you when he banged on the door at three o'clock in the morning? Oh, when
1: he opened the door, he was wearing like this little white hand towel around his waist. Yeah, it was a hand towel. It was it was tiny. It was a tiny little towel.
0: (laughs) He was like, "This will distract him. Can't be mad now."
1: And then he played dumb. He must have thought it was you coming down to knock on the door.
0: Oh no. He was like, let me put on
1: this towel. This'll this'll change this will change your feelings about about my loud music. Nope, no sir. You still mad? Like, it's not gonna, not gonna work on me.
0: You you put some clothes on <laughs> you know? and then you turn that music down. <laughs>
1: He had someone in there with him too.
0: Well, according to our neighbor, he's quite the ladies' man, and yeah. that's why he always has the music playing all loud. But here's the problem: like you said, he plays dumb every single time. It's a
1: superintendent thing. Like that's what Is they do. Because our last one did that too.
0: What, with what?
1: Lenny, every time, every time we'd go down with the problem, he'd be like, I'll, I'll know, yeah, I, mean, "I don't know, man. I don't know what you z- want z- me to z- do. do. That's true. What am I supposed to do about it?" He was like that too. Every time you, every time you knock on his door because the music's too loud, he goes, "It's too loud. It's too loud." <laughs> <laughs> He's like well he's like, like like we've never told him before. It's too loud, is it? It's too, it's too <laughs> is loud. Is that why you're here? Really? The last time because it was 3 in the morning, I just stood there st- I mean I wish I could see the look that I gave him oh, because Oh,
0: you must have been pissed. It cracked
1: him, I got to say. My look was so intense that it was that he just he backed down. He's "What's like, really all right, funny I'm
0: sorry. is like clearly we have him shook because one day he texted me out of the blue and he was like, "Before you ask, I'm before you tell me to turn <laughs> it down, I'm not even home. It's not me playing the music loud." I was like, first of all, if you're not home, how do you know the music is being played <laughs> oh, loud right now?" That is a good
1: okay, point. First
0: of <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. He was like, just so you know it. It was like so defensive and so childish that I was like, clearly it is you. Yeah, I yeah. should have been, I should have given him some lip and been like, well, I knew it wasn't you because it was better music. <laughs> yeah. He, and he's always, it's like the, what is that called? The subwoofer.
1: The subwoofer, yeah. That's
0: the thing that's, that's what it is. I've told him a million so times, so like,
1: play your music as loud as you want. Just turn the bass off.
0: Oh, my gosh. It makes our entire apartment shake. It's so – and here's the thing, too, is when I first went down there, I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. So I went to our next-door neighbor, and he was like, no, it's the Super. And then I didn't know which apartment was the Super, so I went to the wrong apartment, and he was like, no, it's the next one. So essentially everybody in the building knows that he is the person playing this music that loud. We're just in that, that like, newbie – tenant phase where we haven't been broken down (laughs) we haven't given up yet no we're like we're like all defiant about like oh, I pay rent around here before like a year from now we won't even hear it anymore similarly to the gunshots like when we were in the the last apartment building (laughs) that's so terrible at first we used to be like there's gunshots all the time and then by the end we were like no, I don't hear anything. Like,
1: <laughs> we have people over, and they'd be like, you don't hear that screaming? You, uh, you no. aren't
0: afraid? Like, no, I'm fine, sis. What's wrong with you? Here's the thing. as as fresh- So it turns
1: out that our super is not nearly as great as you thought. That's what you're saying?
0: Right. Well, and I was just going to and say. And because he's
1: not nearly as great, and he's become something of a nuisance, mm-hmm. you no longer find him attractive, right?
0: No, he's still fine. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't changed he still has like two percent body fat like you I know, know when I mean? he opened the door
1: I was like dude <laughs> I didn't I didn't bring the clothes to wash on those abs
0: he is such a douche too he's always wearing like one of those like little fitted caps so it's like sitting on top of his head it's like just pull the cap all the way down like it's like do you know what I'm talking about' it's just like resting on the head like so delicately whatever what I was going to say like clearly I'm inspecting our super I know. um what Here's what I was You're like. How
1: come that ab is not as symmetrical with its component <laughs> ab on the other side?
0: I'm like, sir, do you do enough oblique exercises? Because <laughs> I'd like to see I'd the serratus like is not clearly <laughs> as chiseled as it could be. You know what I'm talking about? What are your macros look like? What's the, what's the breakdown? How much protein do you get? Healthy fats? You get an olive oil in your diet? <laughs> like I start, I start like I take out the little calipers. <laughs> it's,
1: it's hardly a happy trail. It's more of like a peaceful trail. <laughs> We could step it up, you know, do a little more manscaping.
0: <laughs> um, Basically, as frustrating as it is, on the positive side, we now have more content for the podcast because there were some days where I thought my apartment experience is so positive that I don't know what, if anything, I will have to say about living here that could potentially be some good content for last name basis so again i want to apologize to the audience for leading them <laughs> to think that our super was a step up but i also want to say thank you to him
1: because <laughs> I'm gonna thank this man <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever he doesn't listen to our podcast no one no one within a five mile radius yeah, but i do
1: friend <laughs> and i'll i'll know Do you have something else next lined up for us?
0: Yeah, I do. I um, I am super excited to be introducing the return of a new corner here on last name basis called Oh Baby Baby. Oh,
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so disappointing. Why are you disappointed? I just like I just was I've, I since the first time you did this I've been waiting for it just to just to trail off be forgotten about but you keep doing this is now 3 times <laughs> you've brought this back to our humble podcast <laughs> so that you could do your Britney Spears impression.
0: Oh babe.
1: What is this installment of Oh Baby Baby Okay,
0: so this one is actually just like a a story that I found um, Googling around the internet. Did you just
1: Google babies?
0: (laughs) I just Googled baby and then I went through a ton of really depressing stories about like, mom leaves her baby. It's just like all of these terrible stories of people abandoning their babies. I was like, these are not appropriate for Uh, Oh Baby Baby. How
1: many times can you fit it in? I love it. I'm giving you credit for this.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, I used to work in late night. Uh, I looked through a lot of really depressing stories to find this story of two babies named Romeo and Juliet born 18 hours apart in the same hospital in South Carolina. They were born to two different parents. They just happened to both be named Romeo and Juliet. And the hospital's official newborn photographer posted about them on Facebook calling them star-crossed babies. Um, and that everybody was all about like leaving those comments like they're already like the cutest little couple, like, oh, they're in love. And this really bothered me.
1: <laughs> this like pissed me off. Did it only piss you off so that you had pretense to put it on the podcast? I so mean both could say both. oh baby, baby.
0: Both. I mean, <laughs> I, it is a real story. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't make the story up, mm-hmm. but I did think, I don't know, I just had multiple feelings about this because I don't understand, one, why we romanticized Romeo and Juliet. Um, the story ended in suicide, and
1: they knew I mean, it. it didn't go well for anyone.
0: That's what I'm saying. So why is it like, aw, they're in love? Like, do you know how Just Rome because and... it's a
1: famous love story?
0: Right, but I'm but just- But it's not
1: really a love story because no. there are a couple of kids- And they're just like, hey. And Romeo was kind
0: of like a stalker. Like he climbed over her, like she didn't ask him for that. You know what I'm saying? Ask somebody before you climb up their wall and into their window. (laughs) That
1: kiss. Like that's like. I guess that's fair.
0: Really rude. You guys knew each other for three full days, and then like six people died. You know what I'm saying? Like that is some shit right there. Yeah. And why are we saying that these babies have that to aspire to? Side note, why are we trying to, like, pair babies up? They're babies. (laughs) Like, oh, they're going to be dating. No, they're babies. What if one of the babies is like, first of all, I'm a baby, and I don't have sexual feelings about other babies because I'm a baby.
1: I I can hardly see.
0: Exactly.
1: Let alone alone consider you as a future mate.
0: Right, exactly. And you don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I just think it's weird when people take – Children and say, like, oh, they like each other. They're dating. so weird. They're like boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, it's just really gross to me and it pisses me off. And I just felt.
1: Get mad, friend. I am. (laughs) Get angry. Angry.
0: And I thought, this is a great reason to include this in the podcast because I'm pissed. It's also about babies. And I can say, Oh baby, baby <laughs>
1: You have you have no chill. I think I just I'm just waiting for this to just devolve into just more and more tenuous baby connections You'd Be like did you know part of identifying a mammal is live birth
0: oh baby baby it's
1: like, <laughs> like it's oh. just
0: facts about babies. <laughs> exactly
1: exactly. you're gonna be like I was a baby once oh baby baby
0: it's like come on maybe this will be like the new Florida man for our show like people will start sending me articles about babies
1: oh my god that would be awful <laughs> to keep this to keep this ball rolling forever no i'm not i'm not here for it okay so this is kind of kind of serious okay. uh, but i wanted to get your take on this i feel like it raises so many issues recently there was a a, a painting of Emmett Till, the, the famous photo of Emmett Till in the casket, mm-hmm. done by a white artist, a white female artist, and it was displayed at the Whitney Biennial, uh, and, and it gained so much attention.
0: People were protesting, right? People were protesting.
1: <clears throat> uh, one, guy, one guy actually stood in front of the painting yeah, so that, nobody, that. Could, nobody could actually see it. I mean, you could still see it. Right. But his intention was to, as much as possible, like block, block the view. Yeah. Um, for people who were who were walking by, and I forget exactly what his shirt said. His shirt said something like, you know, like this aestheticizes mm-hmm. black death or something yeah. like that, something to that effect. And I just thought it was it was really interesting because there's so many different perspectives on why this was unacceptable
0: and like why people were so upset about it, right? And
1: why people <clears> were so <throat> upset about it. And I I personally don't have any conclusions on this. Right. Um, But but briefly, like I said, there was the the painting is is an abstract painting of that famous photo of of Emmett Till
0: in the open casket, in the
1: open Mm -hmm. casket, which if you've seen the photo, you know, he's he's a very young black child who was killed by a lynch mob, allegedly because he whistled at a white woman. Right. Um, And that recently turned out To not be true. Not even to be true. That was one of those,
0: like, we all knew it probably wasn't true, but, like, now it's, like, been uncovered that the woman who is the reason that this young kid was murdered came out and admitted, like, oh, yeah, I actually, he didn't whistle at me at all. Um, I mean, and I think that that's interesting and ties into this whole painting thing because— I don't know. Personally, I'm not as upset about it in the sense that I don't know that I would like be protesting or blocking the painting. Mm -hmm. But it does give me like a little bit of an eye roll, like side eye, because this white woman is really kind of like fetishizing this terrible story. It really is another just example of like turning black death into entertainment Um, and I just, like, don't really see what the purpose is. Like, if you are a black person, you know this story. Mm -hmm. I don't see anyone, like, learning this story from this artwork, and I also feel like it is a very passive way to contribute to conversations about violence against black bodies. It's like, it's like it, it's like the safety bin thing, right? It's like, look, I did a painting about a black guy that died. Mm-hmm. Like I did something. Like I made a statement. Possibly,
1: I... I I don't know though. That's that depends on on what her motivation for making the painting was. Well,
0: her the quote the quote that you shared here. Mm-hmm. She says, "I don't know what it's like to be black in America, but I do know what it's like to be a mother." Emmett was Mamie Till's only son. The thought of anything ever happening to your child is beyond comprehension. Their pain is your pain. My engagement with this image was through empathy with his mother. Which I mean, it you know, it's one of those things where like I don't doubt that her intentions were to, you know, kind of um to see that experience and like put herself in those shoes as a mother. You know, clearly that's what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. I, I just do think it is again. Not very sensitive to the story and to like what actually happened. Like, this is not like fiction. Like this was a real person. This is unfortunately a story that is very similar that we've seen play out throughout history to this very day. Like, even when it comes to like watching black people get killed on Facebook and like watching clips of them on video or, you know, photos of Trayvon Martin's dead body like on the cover of these news sites and like. This is something that we've seen for a while and it just feels really insensitive in that respect.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm curious, if this had been painted by a, by a black artist, would that change things? Oh, absolutely. Because this, this is kind of what's interesting to me is, is that one of the people uh, who, who criticized this was, uh, was, a, was a black artist, a black painter, and I guess she painted a number of uh, paintings. Based on that image of mm-hmm. Emmett Till, and she seemed to think that it, it was unacceptable because it was a, a white artist doing it. I think so, and and I can I completely respect that, and that that makes sense, especially in a world where, like you said, there are a lot of images that are passed around, and then and then contrasted with when when a white person does the same thing or is killed by a police officer on camera, right. it doesn't get traded like some sort of commodity Yeah, absolutely. like it does. And in, in that sort of environment, it's easy to understand, you know, why this is unacceptable or, or, or why this is in bad taste, if nothing else, for somebody who might have even done it for the right reasons. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I... I don't know that those paintings have been picked up by the Whitney. Right. And and I think that's another issue too, right? Like, okay, like she so gets the
0: chance to display this in the Whitney. She gets the chance <laughs> to
1: display this thing that is a is an important topic or important area of, of knowledge, important part of our history, things Absolutely. like that. As opposed to as opposed to, say, you know, a, a black painter. So there's there's that element too, which is which is is it the museum's fault? Right. You know, uh, are they the ones that are really failing? in the sense that instead of giving the opportunity to uh, the black artists to present their own stories...
0: Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that, I, I, think that I, I
1: know that's a big part of it. It's just, it's just...
0: It's like, when do we get the chance to tell our own stories? And, right. like, and And we just see this so much where, I mean, it's like your heart can be in the right place, your intentions can be good, but if you really want to do justice to this story... Um, and the impact that it had on our country, but also on black people, like, you should give a black artist the opportunity to do that. You know, we see this in film and TV, we see this in comic books, we see this in music, where there's a white person who is like, oh, I feel really tied to this story of a black person, and instead of actually letting a black person tell the story themselves, like, they tell it. And I don't know, I guess it's kind of ironic that she made this as an abstract painting because, like, that's what happens, right? Like, a white person takes the story. It becomes abstracted in
1: some way. It becomes abstracted. That's a good point.
0: And then it becomes, like, about them. and It becomes about their feelings of it. And she's like, oh, you know what, as a mother, it's like, okay, right. But, like, that's not really what it was about. Like, it wasn't just about, like, the fact that the mother lost a son. The story Mm -hmm. is really about the fact that a white woman could lie and that this child could end up dead and that, you know, the, the the two men that killed him could then go on to sell their story to Time Magazine and like, and be like minor celebrities for it. Right. Like, that's what the story is really about. It's not well, about- pa, I how- mean, it's
1: about, it's about all of those things Absolutely. though, right? Of course. It is.
0: But I'm saying that like, she has essentially taken, she's taken like what it meant to her, which is, she's totally allowed to do that. But again, it's like not her- story to tell because it did not impact her as a person because she is white. Like, the story is not, like, part of her lived experience in this country. And, like, the way that she moves through the world is not impacted by, like, Emmett Till's death. Mm-hmm. It is more of, like, that voyeuristic, like, oh, this is really sad and this will make, like, a cool painting. Like, I, I, don't... I don't
1: know. See, I don't know if I got that from – and I don't know her and she could just be saying whatever she thinks will work on, right. after, after feeling some blowback for making the painting. Um, but you know, from what I saw from her quotes, I didn't get that Im- impression. And I guess, I guess part of what I'm asking is, you know, we want white people to have uh, an emotional connection to racism because we want them, they need to see it and say this is unacceptable right. and really have strong feelings about it at the same time, right? Because if they don't, they're just gonna go their own way. Absolutely. And, and they're gonna continue a, you know, their, you know, their privileged existence in that respect. Right. Um, and and then it's less likely to have a positive effect for the entire community. Right. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm curious because I'm wondering if this is especially in the context of a painting, and especially in the context of a of a painting that's not realistic in nature. Right. You know, it, I, it feels to me somewhat different. Painters are expected to paint their emotions. Right. If they have an emotion and it and it and it's based on something like this, do they stop themselves and say? and say okay I have a strong feeling about this. She said that she never sold it and she never put it up for sale and it's not intended for sale. Right. So she, there's no cash value to this image for her, which I think helps a little bit at least at least from the perspective Yeah, she's still of what, getting
0: some notoriety from it. She's still sure. getting a story in the New York Times or wherever about it. I yeah. mean, I think to go back to what you were saying, like yeah, we do want we do need allies, not just white people, people of any, you know, background to be supportive of, you know, the black experience and to really speak out against white supremacy and and do that anti-racist work, I don't necessarily know that this is the right way to do it. And I think that sometimes, similarly to as a straight person, in order for me to support LGBT folks, I have to make sure that my voice is not the center all the time. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, unfortunately, like this is one of those times where like, I'm just going based on what she said. Like, this is about her feelings as a mother. But like, sis, it's not like the story of Emma Till is not about you as a mother. It's like, it's literally about like, what is the story actually about? And in order to really do the story justice, in order to really uplift a conversation about that, like, sometimes you have to step back and let somebody who's more qualified to speak take the reins and do that. You know, the same way that there are lots of black artists who have made artwork about Emmett Till and about how they feel as black people raising sons of their own. Part of the story is that Emmett Till was, you know, coming from the north and going to the south to visit family and that his mother was like, no, listen, you have to be careful down there. It's very different. And Mm -hmm. like this idea of like letting your child leave the nest and realizing that there's, as a black parent, that like there are things that you can't pr- that you can try to prepare them for but you can't control how the world sees them mm-hmm. you know what i mean like those are very unique and like personal feelings towards this story that a lot of black people a lot of black women especially can relate to like just the idea of like being fearful for their children and like that the world doesn't see them as children forever or as a young child they're seen as like grown men and, or grown women like those are all super important conversations that this woman is not in a position to have. Those are not things that she's ever experienced. And so we want her to be empathetic. We want her to understand that stuff, but she can't do it if she like, centers it around herself.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And well, so... well I guess, and I completely understand and do agree. Like I said, I don't... No, I know. I'm not sure exactly how to feel about this because it raises a lot of questions. It's because complicated because you, you said about the it's, spotlight. Like a
0: it's a painting. You know, right, I get exactly,
1: that. and you're a painter. It's not like, uh, it's not like the person who's choosing... Which photo goes along with a news story and right. then gets and then gets broadcast out to you know hundreds of thousands of viewers who rely on that for news and perspective. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's a little different, and you had mentioned the spotlight specifically, which is interesting because I don't know if she was expecting. I don't know if she was famous, uh, well, yeah. and, well I don't enough know known. Any, I don't know anything. If she about expected her. like, oh, I made a painting, so it will go up in a a famous, you know, a popular art exhibit. So I, I don't know what she anticipated. Uh, would come of the painting and its display, um, but it, it's interesting as you said when you when you put it in the spotlight like that, it definitely changes the interpretation that you get of it. I mean, for instance, if she had painted this painting for herself, she was nobody. She kept it in her home studio, and that was the end of it. Right. I mean, would we have strong feelings about her having done so if she then later, if you were visiting her apartment and said, "Hey, that's a painting of Emmett Till," and she said, "Yeah." You know, I really connected to the story of a of a mother not being prepared for what the world could offer their child, right. and not being capable of uh, of controlling the world that your child goes out into. No, and that's true of all mothers to some extent, right? Would would that change your feeling about having done that? I mean, should somebody in this position feel like they shouldn't even attempt it, even for their for for their own sake, even for themselves, if it was just a private artistic enterprise, and she? You know, let's say she honestly did have the feelings that she had mentioned here. Here's the
0: thing: I'm, I'm of the mind that, like you, you gotta do you. Like I can't tell someone like, oh, you can't paint that painting. And similarly to this, if you want to hang it up in the Whitney or you want to have it as a a personal uh thing in your home, like I think that that's totally fine. Like that's your prerogative. I think the the broader thing is that as an artist, as a person who's a creative, um, you kind of have to understand that once you put work out into the world like part of that is to be consumed by other people and you Mm -hmm. have to or hopefully you're sensitive to the fact that it's going to mean different things to different people based on like who they are and what stage of life they're in or where they're from or whatever else I think the issue for me at least is like hanging it up hanging it up in the Whitney versus like having it in your home the Whitney feels like very performative it feels like that that like performative allyship that like right. look at me i am like a woke white person that knows about this story and it's like okay and good I'll, for you and, like, <laughs> and i'll add to that, that
1: that no matter how heartfelt it was when she started painting it right i mean if she had some some notoriety and she obviously did probably did enough at the time to she be enough it, to
0: be asked to put her work in the whitney
1: knowing that 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 creeps, that's always in the back of people's minds. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when, when there's some chance for either further notoriety based on a painting or money or something like that, that stays there. For instance, I'll, I'll give you a good example of the phenomenon that I'm talking about here. I deal with a lot of uh, plaintiffs who, are, who have been injured, and they have honest injuries. I mm-hmm. mean, their injuries almost across the board are real injuries. They've suffered. They've, they've had a lot of hardship. Whether or not they're right about their claims, whether or not my clients were actually negligent uh, in causing they were their hurt. injuries, they were hurt. So they're sympathetic, like right out the gate. But every single one of them at deposition lies and hyperbolizes the consequences of what they've gone through. Because
0: suddenly there's an audience.
1: Because there's an audience and because there's money involved. My point is, is that these people have real injuries, but despite the honesty in, in bringing the action, by the time they get to deposition, they're lying. About what they've gone through, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's interesting to see people who are otherwise honest um, suddenly lie to get more out of out of their position. Yeah, I mean, you unfortunately, and that's I, human
0: nature. Exactly, unfortunately. and I think
1: I think that's I think that applies to something like this. And like you were saying, it's like. Okay, yeah, maybe all of those, you know, maybe her heart was in the right place. Maybe the story did resonate with her. Maybe um, she has strong feelings about it. maybe. Or maybe
0: she was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff going on with like Black Lives Matter and like all of this stuff, and I'll do something that's about being black. And then everyone will be like, whoa. Well, those, <laughs> you know? but that's it what could I'm saying. That too. Uh,
1: but that's what I'm saying. Those are two extremes, <laughs> right. right? One is by design, it's basically like it's conscious cultural appropriation. Right. And the other one is just sincerity, honesty, and just being genuine and doing what was, you know, what was motivating her at the time. But I'm thinking most likely it come, falls in between, like the people that I was just describing.
0: There are some interesting quotes that you pulled here um, that was from—I'm trying to see what um, artists made these statements, but I think that they brought up a really good point that as artists, you really are trying to document, like, the world from your point of view— And I feel like this was a missed opportunity for her to do some sort of painting that kind of talked about – the white woman at the center of this story, who has really kind of been like pushed aside in the sense that, like, historically, we've seen like white women lie about black men raping them, or, um, you know, in this case, like whistling at them, having advances, and then like look at the consequences that come from that. If this woman was really looking at this story in an honest way and being self reflective of the way that the world sees her as a white woman and the way that her word could be taken as truthful even when it's not. And since this has happened, you know, this woman has now said, uh, Carol Bryant Donham is the woman's name who accused Emmett Till of whistling at her. She has since said that, you know, that wasn't the truth. And what's been so interesting is
1: like... That's just like mind-blowing. Well,
0: I mean, we most people, I believe, knew that it wasn't true in the sense that he was like a 16-year-old kid. I I just... Don't believe that he would it, be stupid enough to do unlikely, that. It seemed unlikely,
1: but it's also pretty irrelevant. I mean, if matter. he had done if that. If he had done
0: it, right. If he had done it, if he had done it, it right. still would not have, it would be the same have warranted right. yeah, what happened. But, you know, the fact that she had lied and she kind of just like made this thing up, knowing that it would, it would result in her husband at the time and I think it was his brother like going after him is pretty awful you know and like Vanity Fair wrote this article about it and it was painting her in this very sympathetic light. They were really writing this article about a book that's coming out about Emmett Till's story. Um, It's called The Blood of Emmett Till and the man who wrote it is white and he went and interviewed this woman and went and had coffee and cake with her. And mm. is really like, you know, I felt so bad. And this this, this really ruined her life. Like, just the stigma of this case was really hard for her. And it's just like, oh, wow. my God. like. Just... And this
1: is after she had already admitted that she lied?
0: He is the first person to interview her ever. And this is the first time that she has publicly said that He did not whistle at her. And she claims that she doesn't remember what actually happened afterwards because she is 82 years old and, you know, her memory is foggy. Mm. But she reached out to him because she's in the process of writing a memoir. And one of her kids had read one of his books and was a fan of his. And he is is a white author who's written a lot about race relations and reached out to him for the opportunity for them to talk and possibly work on this book that she's... I mean, she is literally... Trying to profit and like off of this story, and again, not to say that the woman who made that painting is doing something similarly, but to me, it's very interesting that like we keep having these stories of like white people that are using mm-hmm. these horrific stories about you know like the murderers of black people to kind of like further their own careers without being self-reflective or critical of how their privilege allows them right. that opportunity, or, or
1: they're self-reflective and critical to the extent that that will turn into a memoir that will sell copies oh
0: my god I feel so bad because I led to like this death and and for me like if this woman who had made this painting uh had done a painting that was really about again like we've seen this so many times like remember that woman I think her name was Susan something who who like took her kids in her car and like drove them into a lake and then she said that like a black man stole her car uh, and like yeah, drove yeah, them into that, a yeah. lake and then um a few weeks ago there was a, a a white girl who said that she was like beat up by a black guy and and raped and then like literally 3 days later she admitted that it didn't really happen like this has just happened so many freaking times and it's like if this artist really felt this connection to this story what I would be more impressed by is like her reflection on oh wow like this is a trend like this is something that has always happened mm-hmm. and like why did this happen and like how is who I am like related to this story like you know what i mean and like make some sort of painting about that i don't know what that painting is but like to me that would be a more honest way for her to relate to the story rather than just being like i'm going to make an abstract painting of like a kid who died That's what I think. Again, I don't know that I would be protesting. I get why some people feel that they want to go protest. I don't necessarily know if this means, like, the art shouldn't be displayed or people shouldn't see it. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I do think that the Whitney is probably a good subject for for people's upset. Because I I think—because that's the institution that helps further what's an institutional process. Right. I'm comfortable with laying blame with them— Mm-hmm. more than I'm comfortable laying blame with her. Although I, mean, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If, if, you were, if you were intelligent and you were aware of the surroundings, and she said she was because she said this was amidst, you know, in 2016. So it's very much like Black Lives Matter. Yeah. She understands what's going on. And so she was aware of that. I think it's best to draw that bright line and say, look, I'm just going to leave this alone or I'll paint it myself. Because I'm a painter, and I'll put it in my garage with my other paintings, <laughs> and that'll be that. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, you're right. I think the awareness of the environment that you put it out into, um, for her, would weigh against putting the painting. Yeah, public I display. mean, and
0: here's the thing too. I, I find myself saying this a lot. Um, that even though this is a situation that makes me a little uncomfortable and I'm disappointed in the Whitney I'm also disappointed in her honestly I do think that like the benefit is that the conversation is happening and maybe there are people other artists who are going to see this whole story play out and it will make them think a little more critically about the art that they create and how they support artists of color or they support artists from communities that they're not a part of in order to kind of like let people tell their own stories, that is a positive thing, right? Sure. It sucks that this is what it took to have that conversation. Yeah,
1: yes, I mean, yes and no. I I think especially something like this, this story lends itself to a a better conversation because it does deal a little more with how we act as individuals uh, because this person isn't an institution right. she's an artist
0: like you said it's nuanced there's a lot of different layers to the whole thing so it's not something that can be tied up with a little bow um everyone's going to feel differently about it so i don't know i'm glad that we can get deep on our podcast sometimes we do <laughs> so deep Let's do some listener letters. You ready? Yeah. All right. Um, If you would like to email us, you can do that at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So, Patrick, uh, take us into one of this week's listener letters.
1: Okay. So, today's listener letter comes from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. She says that she's a black woman in love with and dating a white man. And she says that her work centers around race and gender issues uh, and says that these things are really, really important to her. But she says she often feels anxious about how other people of color perceive her in public uh, or even how her friends perceive her in public for being with a white man. Uh, She says she feels like some sort of hypocrite And always wants to let people know that he's one of the good ones, like one of one of the Mm -hmm. one of the okay white people. Okay. And she wants to know: Do you have any tips for this? How do you deal with it? How do you get other people to think that I'm one of the good ones? (laughs) She didn't say that. She didn't say that. But I'm asking. I'm actually asking. (laughs) You
0: want to know? How do
1: you convince our friends that I'm okay?
0: Um, so this is really funny. If I got a dollar for every single time I got this question, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would be a millionaire. Honestly, I get this question so much. And it's so funny because actually, just recently, a post on Twitter went viral that was calling out me and Cat Black for being, quote, anti-white and having white uh, partners.
1: As if to say you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Is that that where they were going? I wasn't really sure because it doesn't make sense when people posit these sort of ideas. Yeah. They
0: they. they, Yeah. No, it never makes any sense. But I do think it's relevant in the sense that, yeah, there are people that think it is hypocritical to be a black person that talks about anti-racism or social justice or, you know, um, black empowerment and is with a white person in a romantic relationship
1: Massively ironic, right? Yeah. Because all they're doing is showing, like, they can't see, like, how those two people could be compatible.
0: Well, I think the problem is, is that a lot of people incorrectly assume that, like, advocating for black people means that you hate white people, um, which, you know, I don't hate anyone. Um, And for me, I always say, you know, in the same way that I'm a woman and I'm in a relationship with a man, like i am no less of a feminist i am no less invested in women's issues or like my belief that you know women should have equal status as men and be able to have body autonomy and like all the things that come along with like my feminist beliefs like those are no less credible because I'm in a relationship with a man
1: you know and i It's total hypocrisy.
0: Right and so i feel the <laughs> same way about the fact that like yes i am black
1: That's a really good a really good way to put it.
0: Yeah yes i am That's black ridiculous. and i and i happen to fall in love with someone that is white but i don't believe that that makes me less black because when I walk through the world, I'm still black. Like, what frustrates me so much about this, and I, again, I can't speak for this, this young woman because I don't know what her experience is like, but, you know, if your work centers around black women's issues, race and gender issues, if you do any of that online, then chances are you are called the N-word and, like, a, a whore and a, all the other things that come along with being a vocal black person or black woman on the internet. Mm-hmm. I am called the N word every single day. Every fucking day. And not once has anybody ever said, oh, well, her husband's white, so I guess I'm not gonna like call her out her name or like send her a death threat or just tell her like these awful things. It never about works her. in your favor. It's never. What you're saying. never. <laughs> Nobody
1: ever seems to go like, we'll give her a pass because her husband's white. So never. she clearly doesn't actually hate white people never. as a rule. Never.
0: Like, I just say that to say that like I still deal with like racism. And misogyny and, you know, like profiling and all the things that come along with being a black woman. Like I still experience those despite the fact that my husband is white. Like I don't have an advantage over someone else because my husband is white. Because when I walk through the world, like I am still black. Again, I don't hate anyone. And here's the thing. I know that there are black people that do not like me and Mm -hmm. have said, point blank that they feel like I am a bad representation for black people, I'm a bad representation for black women because I have a white husband. And, you know, for me, I think that that really sucks, especially because I deal with an intense amount of harassment. It's not fucking fun. Like, this is not something that I enjoy. I do it because I think it's important. And I do it because I take the the place that I am in my career and the position that I've been afforded by my work, I take it very seriously. And I'm very thankful and I want to use that platform in a responsible way. And I want to advocate for myself, for uh, my friends, for my family, for people that don't look like me. Because I think that that's important. Of course. And my husband has nothing to do with it. Like I just, to me, I just think that it's bullshit. And I feel, to this listener letter's point, if people want to judge you because of who you are in a relationship with, fuck them. Like you
1: can't. <laughs> that would be my advice too. I I wanted to I wanted to get your take first, but that's what I'm getting exactly like so what worked up. My I'm head. sorry.
0: I just like again. I get this question so much, and I like no shade to you for asking me. Clearly, lots of people are dealing with this, and that's why I get this question so often. But for me, I'm just like look. I am 33 years old I have been with my husband for 11 years you being white has not influenced why we're in a relationship like the just the the everyday like hardship of being in a relationship and like
1: it's a hardship huh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wrong word. You know what I mean. Like a relationship takes work.
1: A ball right? of chain is a ball of chain, no matter what color the ball is at the end of the chain. Heavy <laughs> AF. You know what I'm
0: talking about. I know.
1: I know. Bills I know. and
0: sick dogs yeah. and apartments uh. and bed bugs oh, and like yeah. moving and just like all. And we of... get
1: we get a lot of questions like that that are something to the effect of what does it mean to be in an interracial relationship? And it's like, well, it's really exactly like any day other to relationship. Day, it's just <laughs> when like it comes a regular
0: ass. Re- relationship. And all of those... Who does the dishes
1: has nothing to do with who's white, who's black in a relationship. Right. And it's
0: like, we still have to deal with that shit. Never in any step of, you know, like something is broken in the apartment or, you know, our internet gets turned off because I forgot to pay the bill or like whatever (laughs) it is, which has happened. None of those things are made less challenging because... You're white. But You're- you
1: did make me put together the armoire because I was white. Hell, yeah. Because be like, armoire is like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think if you, if you are feeling like people are judging you or judging your partner, then those, in my mind, those are people whose opinions are, are not worthy of your time or energy. Because people who project their own beliefs onto someone just because of how they look or where they're from, no matter, you know, what walk of life that they're from, I just think that that's wrong. I just don't, I don't believe in doing that. You know, like when I meet someone that is white or from any other walk of life, I try to let their actions and their words, like represent them to the fullest rather than assuming things about them.
1: And that's, and that's really how this comes about though, right? So if she goes out in public and she feels like, she might be being judged by other people of color or other black people specifically it's because it's because they're they have an understanding of of like white culture right. in general as opposed to the white person that she's walking next to or holding hands with right yeah and, right? Here, and so,
0: yeah and here's the thing like i understand as much as it frustrates me, I do understand that there are a lot of black people, a lot of people of color that have had really negative experiences with interracial dating, whether it's just being fetishized or just dealing with, like, blatant, flat-out racism. You know, mm-hmm. my, my I have... Not been on dating apps because those were not a thing when we first started dating. But oh
1: yeah, that must I make know it,
0: from a lot of that must people... make that sort of
1: fuckery more efficient.
0: Ooh, look at you saying fuckery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people that deal with just like blatant racist messages on these dating apps, where people just say terrible things to them, or like in their profiles say stuff like "no spice, no rice," which means like no. Latinos, no Asian people. Like there's like code words for just like how to be a racist basically in your dating profile. So I get it. There are people who have been burned. And so like their inclination is to incorrectly assume is to be suspicious, right? Like I get that. But I'm also of the mind that sometimes you have to try to put those things aside. And like, you know, what's the, the phrase of like have low expectations you'll never be surprised you'll never be disappointed you'll always be surprised Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like if I don't know someone I try not to like assume anything about them before I get to know them so then that way like if they turn out to suck I'm just like oh that sucks they suck (laughs) but like if they turn out to be great I'm like oh wow that's cool I like didn't expect (laughs) them to be Wait,
1: if they turn out not to suck that's my husband (laughs) 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 your marriage material <laughs> now build this armoire. I know. Um, I feel like this. I feel like this conversation didn't go particularly well for me. No,
0: it did. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I know. Listen, here's the thing. I, I, I'm sorry that this continues to happen. And, and again, I deal with this all yeah. of the time. We've been together a long time, and you know, it, it's funny and annoying to me only because like people assume like oh you only date you only date white men and it's like you don't know anything about the people that I dated before Patrick you don't know anything about me like you are assuming that I have a preference for white men or that I have decided that white men are better or that I chose you over like I had you and a black guy, and I was like, <laughs> right, well, right. I think I'm gonna deal with the white one." Or like, "Oh my God, remember? The, oh, this guy." <laughs> Pretty oh, much the
1: same, all in all. <laughs> I
0: think we, I think I talked, I think we talked about this. This guy made this like 12 minute video saying that I'm the original Rachel. Dolezal. Yeah, we talked about this. Did we talk about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, at length. Oh, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> uh, but, like, what was so interesting to me was that the guy said that I married Patrick because he was white and rich. And I was like, Patrick is rich. Like, where did that come from? Like, people assume. Yeah. I mean, and again, yeah. no, not to put your business out there, but, like, Patrick is not rich. Ah. Like, you're not. And it's totally okay. B- now, because you're ruining
1: the illusion. I'm, Just like when you told everybody that our couch chat wasn't actually on the couch. <laughs> These people all just assume that I'm mega rich.
0: Listen, if you could have seen Patrick <laughs> when we first started dating, I love you, baby, but you were a mess. You were. Remember those jeans with the hole that was all look, the way to the floor? Look, Remember the hole in the bottom of the car where we could see the road while we were driving? I was terrified.
1: It was a rich hole. It was
0: a rich hole <laughs> <laughs> was whole stuff with a, money. You put money in it <laughs> to make sure that nothing fell you through know, the
1: bottom of the you floor. You know how much it costs to have a hole cut like that in the floor of your car?
0: Oh, that's really he was in the shape of a heart. <laughs> um, so yeah, people assume all sorts of things about us and about and about Pat. Um, I've read some wacky conspiracy theories about our relationship, about like what we do in the bedroom because you're white. Like, it's crazy. It and uh, and I'm just like, what is wrong with and people? I don't know
1: if you guys know this, um, but sex happens totally different for white people. <laughs> it's a completely different thing.
0: I lay my eggs <laughs> in the middle of exactly. the room, and then I leave.
1: <laughs> I do this bizarre dance around the pile of eggs for a while. <laughs> and, then we, and then we go get dinner. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll end on this. <laughs> I personally try not to think about what anybody else is doing in their relationship, largely because I am more focused on what's going on in my life and what's happening in my relationship. And I think that that is symptomatic of a healthy relationship and, and someone who is actively working to better themselves and focus on the work that they think is most important. And to that point, if someone else is spending time thinking about what's happening in your relationship... I would then surmise that they are lacking in some part of their life because who the fuck has time to theorize about why you are with your man or how he treats you or what he does unless it's your mama like <laughs> I don't understand like why they're thinking about it you know what I mean and yeah. even if it is your mama sometimes you have to say mom mind your business i'm happy <laughs> you know what i'm saying like just like let me do my thing and if something is goes wrong i'll let you know <laughs>
1: now it's time for... Florida Man! There you go. I know you love doing that. Florida, Florida Man. Man. So you have the Florida Man today, I right?
0: I actually came ready with a Florida man. And if you are new to our podcast, this is a game where one of us pulls headlines about Florida men or Florida women. And then the other one has to guess which one is the fake headline. And we are not just shitting on Florida. We are actually both real Florida men and Florida women. Uh, no, or oh, you're, you're a Florida man. I am a Florida woman, singular, excuse me. Um, we are both originally from Florida. So I actually am prepared. Okay, so this week I've got five, and one of these is fake. So uh, put your thinking cap on, because I think I'm going to stump you.
1: <laughs> Let's do number it. Number
0: one. Florida man ate pancakes in the middle of a busy street is facing charges, cops say.
1: Ah, I know that's true. Yeah, because everybody. Because, yeah, like 10 or 12 of our listeners
0: tweeted us about this it. One us. Okay, number two. One-eyed Florida man vows to return to scene of urination.
1: I'm sorry, did you say one-eyed Florida man?
0: One-eyed Florida man vows to return to scene of urination.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's wild. Um, what is the significance of the fact that he? has I'm not going to tell
0: you anything. Okay. I'm Not okay. going to fall for your little your little tricks. Go
1: go for it. Go for it. Give me the next one. Number
0: three, Florida man eats jury summons.
1: I believe that. I believe that. They're, just so, they're so performative down there. <laughs> like, they can't just, like, skip jury duty. They have to eat the jury something. Doing Go for the
0: most. Number four. Florida man's pants catch on fire while arguing arson case.
1: I think that's true. I think I saw that.
0: Okay. Number five. Florida man deposits cocaine into ATM.
1: That also sounds like something a Florida man would do. I think the Ooh, I stumped you. I think the one-eyed Florida man vows to return to Scene of nation is probably the most well-written headline I've heard in a very long time.
0: Oh, so what does that mean?
1: It means you probably didn't write
0: it. Oh my god, that is rude. <laughs> It's also incorrect.
1: You wrote that one? No, I
0: didn't write that. Oh, wait, sorry. Fuck. No, I did not <laughs> write that one. How did I? I don't even know. Ah,
1: I switched it on you. Yeah. You thought I was going to choose that one as the fake one, but all I did was get you to oh, admit.
0: You are a fucker!
1: That it so was you real. weren't
0: guessing that that was the fake one?
1: Nope. process of elimination. You're a
0: little white trickery. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead and pick which one it okay, is. Okay,
1: okay. So there was the arson one, there was the, um, the urination, mm-hmm. the pancakes. What were the other two?
0: Um, Florida Man Eats Jury Summons and Florida Man Deposits Cocaine into ATM.
1: Florida Man Deposits Cocaine into ATM is the fake headline. Mm, You are wrong. The Eats Jury Summons is?
0: Yes, I made that one up. The Seriously, jury's of, yeah, you know what? You have
1: gotten good at this.
0: Yes, yes, yes. See, that I had a totally new. That was totally believable. I had a new strategy. You know, I'm not going to tell you, but. <laughs> see, your problem was uh, you made your headlines too long. I
1: know mine were so obvious. I was like writing a short story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm really proud of myself. It's been a while since one. I brought a Florida man, and two, since I was actually able to stump you. So, <laughs> congratulations. You earned it. Thank you very much. This has been a great episode of The Pod. We had some...
1: F- we had some serious conversations. Oh, we my- had some laughs. We had a Florida man done yes, by you for the first you. time in thank weeks. You, thank
0: you. Um, if you enjoyed this week's episode, or maybe you hated this week's episode, um, I don't know, we would definitely like to hear what you thought. <laughs> you can tweet us individually at Cheskalee. At tie Optional. Or you can use the hashtag last name Basis. You can send us Florida man headlines. I haven't done a language beat in four evs. Either way, we would love to hear from you. So please go ahead and tweet us. And yeah, that's it. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis on Brick Radio. Um, you know what? My soul is feeling some kind of way.
1: (laughs) Is it irked though?
0: Is it irked though? It is irked. Well no, not anymore. Now I'm now my soul is hype for the podcast. I've seen some pew. shit. I've seen some <laughs> shit. Okay.